Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Jay Scott. It's the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the Hook Rocks. I appreciate you listening and stopping by. This is going to be a, a difficult one to do, but as I've done before with Neil Peart and Eddie Van Halen, uh, we're going to remember Taylor Hawkins and his spirit, his energy, his legacy. And usually I do these by myself, as you know, uh, but I've decided to ask a a very special guest to join us on this episode. And that is my son. You can follow him at the Youth Rocks. Uh, He's been a big fan of Foo Fighters since he bought Sonic Highways when he was nine years old at a record store. And I know uh, Taylor meant a lot to him. I know the Foo Fighters mean a lot to him and wanted to bring him on so he could share his thoughts and his views along with mine. And uh I'd like to welcome the Youth Rocks. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
got uh, the bad news on Friday about Taylor Hawkins late Friday night. As always, these things are always a shock and unexpected and um, tragic, sad, I think is probably the, the definitive word. And yeah, I know I mean, when I term... texted you that night, you were shocked as well. And being a big Foo Fighters fan as you are, I know this has been a, a tough couple of days for you. Uh, as far as Ty- Taylor goes, what did he mean to you? What what was, um, you know, what will you remember most about him? Well, first I want to say uh, the terms of me being on the show aren't isn't really ideal this time but I'm still glad to be on. But, uh, you know, Taylor meant a lot to me, uh, not only as a drummer, but as a person. You know, his character was really strong and he had such a good soul and he was so nice to everyone. And I think that's kind of missing in rock and roll now. You know, you don't really have a guy where everyone can look up to and be like, yeah, that's the guy, that's Taylor Hawkins, you know? So it's really sad. It's really, I mean, I'm, I'm really heartbroken. I assume other people are as well as you are. It's just really sad, man. Yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right. He had a, an incredible spirit and an infectious smile. Uh, the guy, you know, obviously you know, we didn't know him personally, but you could tell he loved what he did to a point that he would be playing and smiling at the same time. He, he enjoyed, he had so much joy with what he did and what he was doing. Uh, he was a music fan as well, you know, from him performing at the Kennedy Center Honors for Led Zeppelin or inducting Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's so many other examples, too, as well. You know, not only was he a rock star because he was a true rock star, he was always a, a rock fan. I always got that from him um, from the first interviews that he did. And, you know, how we always spoke of his influences and other musicians. And, and, uh, that was something that not a lot of rock stars wear it on their sleeve like that. I mean, every, every, every musician is, is a fan of the music they play, but he was so open about it and so enthusiastic about it. It made you love him even more because of that. I mean, yeah, uh, it's really similar between us that we have that connection that he likes to go out and listen to different types of music, and so do we. And, you know, that's one of the other reasons why this is just so sad, because you're such a relatable person. And, you know, he, like you said, his smile was very infectious, and it just made you smile whenever you saw a picture of him. You know, it, it reminds me of the song that he sang on... Um, what was it uh, in your honor? It's called cold day in the sun. I think that was the only song he sang on our album, but anyway, uh, what I, what I took from that song, listening to it now was just, you know, like you're a cold day in the sun, meaning, you know, you're, you're not really feeling happy as the weather is, but yet Taylor still finds a way to smile through everything, which I thought was really, really, really metaphoric. You know, Foo Fighters is such a important band. And, you know, a lot of times the front man or the guitar player is the definitive face of a band. But uh, Taylor was just as much the face of Foo Fighters as Dave Grohl is. 
Yeah, they were almost oh, yeah. synonymous. He, uh, he's been there since what? Uh, Color in the Shape. Well, I think Color in the Shape. I don't think he's on the album. I think he that was his first tour. Um, I think Dave yeah, Grohl did the drums he joined on the band the in 1997, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. You know, so over 20 years, that's wow. I mean, they they were always together and did a lot of interviews. They did a lot of stuff together. They, you know, they were always, you know, one or the other, you know, talking and and being on the red carpet or being in interviews. He, you know, when you thought of the Foo Fighters, it was obviously Dave Grohl, but also Taylor Hawkins. They were they were attached at the hip, or you couldn't think of one without the other. That's so unique. Yeah, and not only not only the, uh, was Taylor a bandmate to Grohl, he was also a great friend. And you know, they were you know they're like two pieces in a pot, really, like you said, because they're two faces really define Foo Fighters kind of. And when I think of Foo Fighters, I just don't think of Dave Grohl. I also think of Taylor Hawkins because he was just as important. And he was such, such a good drummer. I mean, how many other musicians, how many other drummers could be the drummer behind Dave Grohl and make you forget how good Dave Grohl is as a, as a drummer? I mean, that's a, that's a, a testament to, Taylor Hawkins and his ability and who he was as a drummer. He was a phenomenal drummer. And I don't know of any other drummer who could do that. You could make you forget, you know, that Dave Grohl was this powerhouse as well. And he was certainly able to do that. Yeah, it's certainly interesting uh, because not only is he a really good drummer, he's also a pretty good, he was a pretty good singer as well. And uh, he had such a, a nice soothing voice, you know, that had a lot of thought into it and a lot of emotion, you know, and not a lot of, uh, Foo Fighters fans realized that he actually sang a few songs throughout their, uh, throughout the Foo Fighters career. So, and he had a I solo mean, he work. Was just a great, he was great. I mean, he was just such a great musician. I mean, I, I, there's just no words to explain how heartbroken we are over his loss. It's really sad. There's been reports that have come out, you know, the toxicology reports. Uh, I know there's, you know, sub headlines of some other things too, as well. They haven't released the cause of death yet. Uh, at some point they will, but it's, um, it's really sad that, um, you know, if, 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 uh, if any of that stuff in his system had the, the effect on his body and, and caused his death, that's, um, that's incredibly sad because I know he overcame his demons years ago and, you know, it's, it's just difficult, you know, to, to kick that stuff once you're addicted. And I hope, you know, that's not the reason I don't want to speculate because they haven't released a, a cause of death yet. I don't want to feed into that beast of speculation, but the, the toxicology report is out there. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see to see if any of that had to do with his untimely death. Uh, as I was saying before, the importance of Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters was kind of the, you know, kind of spawned out of the the grunge era. And for me, being a big fan of 80s rock, you know, the glam metal scene, there was a big pushback from people my age when the grunge overtook stuff. 
I, I connected immediately with Alice in Chains and I connected with Soundgarden. Pearl Jam took me a while. I always liked Pearl Jam, but um, as I got older, I, I enjoyed them and connected with them more. Still have never connected with Nirvana. Oddly enough, Dave Grohl, of course, was the drummer of that band. But Foo Fighters was accepted by a lot of different demographics, a lot of different age groups from old to young. I mean, that was the first album you bought when you were nine years old, Sonic Highways. Uh, I love the band too as well. And there's not a lot of bands that are out there that can cross over into different generations, still making fantastic music, still be incredibly relevant. And that's why there's such a, a a huge crossover into demographics with the outpouring of emotion with Taylor Hawkins. It's, it's just un, unbelievable at some point. I mean, I, I keep thinking to myself, man, this can't be real. He was he's such a good soul, such a good drummer. He was such an important musician in modern music. Yeah. Like you said before, uh, I think it really came down to how nice Dave and Taylor were and their integrity i think that's why it was so you know it called it caused the masses to come together and listen to foo fighters and become fans because i think you know they're incredible musicians but you know they're also nice and they actually care about their fans and they care about you know other people in the industry you know they want to move together as one they never tear other people down they never put down other musicians you know it's just a lot of positive energy and you know, when Taylor passed a few days ago, we got to see that from the fans returning back to the Foo Fighters and, you know, countless pictures and countless articles, countless live videos. And it was it was amazing the the feedback everyone was giving. So that's a very important point that you're making, because oftentimes they 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 reference or people reference the Foo Fighters as being nice guys. You know, they're the go to guys whenever you need a presentation or you need someone to, to give an award or, you know, and that's sometimes used as kind of like a, a derogatory thing, right? Oh, they're just nice guys. Yeah, they are indeed. Absolutely. But what you just said is that that brought people together that, that made you want to be fans of them because, you know, like I said, they, whether it was, introducing queen at the rock and roll hall of fame or playing before, you know, you know, the past president Obama and Led Zeppelin at the Kennedy center honors doing countless other things too, as well, having guest appearances, you know, whether it was David Lee Roth, whether it was Paul Stanley, whether it was tenacious D you know, at the LA forum when they, Joe Walsh. yeah, Joe Walsh on, on, on uh, the album yeah. Sonic highways and Rick Nielsen, they, they tried to, always bring together people and bring together mu- musicians that were their influences and open up doors for, for their fans to be Foo Fighter fans. It, it was just, it was amazing. It was, it was, um, it's not, not a lot of bands do that. I don't, I don't think there's any other band that wears their influences on their sleeves, wears their fandom on their sleeve like the Foo Fighters does. And and it's such a joy to see because you're bringing people that I listen to up on stage. You know, they're performing with 
you know, newer bands too. I mean, I mean, they had the struts on tour with them. They had rad key. They're always bringing great new bands, which is a, a testament to the, to Foo Fighters is because there's not a lot of big bands like that, that will just have one opening act. And that opening act is an emerging rock band. And that is huge for them. That is huge for rock music to always be willing to do that. And I know Taylor has a big part in that because Taylor was a big music fan too, as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just heartbreaking because we don't know what's going to happen with the band. Obviously that's not the most important thing. His family, his kids, his wife, um, have to be going through an enormous amount of pain right now. An enormous amount of sadness. That's the most important thing. His bandmates, um, who are like family have to be feeling so much pain too, as well. His friends, um, speaking of friends, I, I, I keep thinking of that picture a few years ago on New Year's Eve with Richie Kotzen, Adrian Smith, Robert Trujillo, and Taylor Hawkins celebrating New Year's together. And I would love to hear how that sounded because that would have been just absolutely incredible. But um, yeah, you know, Taylor started out as the drummer of Sass Jordan, great uh, singer songwriter from Canada. Played for Alanis Morissette at the height of her career, and then got into the Foo Fighters. And the Foo Fighters went from a great rock and roll band to absolute superstardom, like out of the stratosphere. And that had a lot to do with Taylor. Yeah, I mean, if you look at all the Foo Fighters album albums, they all really kind of have a different theme, and they kind of have. A- uh, a lot of different emotions run through those albums and part and mainly because of that is uh or mainly that's mainly due to dave grohl and taylor hawkins you know going out of their way and trying to make the best out of their you know musicianship and that's something we don't really see from a really popular rock band we don't really see them change up their sound quite often as the foo fighters do and it just seems so unreal like I remember nine, 10 months ago, I was listening to their newer album, uh, Medicine at Midnight, released in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, I really enjoy that album that had a lot of different sounds in it. And it just seems so like hard to believe that Taylor Hawkins just dies less than a year later. I mean, it, it, it's really sad. I, I don't know if you remember that Sonic Highways documentary. When they did an episode in each city of the U.S. that they recorded a song in. And I was watching the Chicago episode they did with Rick Nielsen. I think there was something from nothing. But, uh, yeah, that was just such an interesting episode because when they brought in Rick Nielsen into the studio, Foo Fighters didn't act like they were better than Rick Nielsen. They didn't act as if they were on the same level as Rick Nielsen. They acted like they were, you know little kids again and they acted like they were fans and you know they were just praising rick nielsen for all the inspiration that they gave them which i thought was really special and i've never seen that from any musical artist ever well that's very important you mentioned that because i remember watching those with you on friday nights on hbo you were eight or nine years old and i just remember bonding with you over that you know over music obviously i think prior to that you know, you heard me play music in the car and we, we saw Butch Walker 
uh, in concert. That was your first concert when you were five. But that was another moment where we would sit on a Friday night and we would watch the Sonic Highways documentary, which was an overview of the recording process of that album. And the theme was they were bringing in different musicians to record and I just remember the enthusiasm of Dave and the band and also Taylor. I remember Taylor talking specifically about having Joe Walsh on the, uh, on, on the album. And, but they set the tone with their enthusiasm for that, right? Like you said, I don't, I can't think of another band that was so much, so open to doing stuff like that to having people that influenced them or having musicians that they liked on their albums. And that was really driven by Dave and Taylor because they had enthusiasm. They, they were music fans and they, they never denied, even if, you know, Dave would talk about the Bee Gees or, or, or Taylor would talk about an artist that would be completely out of the realm of rock and roll. They weren't afraid to talk about it. And I thought that was admirable, um, genuine. And to lose someone who was so genuine and who was so, um, you know, open about being a music fan and, and being so infectious with, with his enthusiasm, that's, it's really hard to take. I mean, I remember, you know, I, I mean, obviously it was two days ago, but just seeing his name start to trend and clicking on it and seeing the news, just sadness, incredible sadness that, um, that we felt, and I, I don't think you knew. I texted you. You were in shock, and you mentioned that you were still in shock the next day. And I know it's got to be hard for you because you're 17. You're relatively young, and this was one of the first musicians, first faces of rock music that you were introduced to. I was in shock for a few days, but now I start to I started to realize that you know. It was so unexpected and so, like I said before, heartbreaking. I mean, there's just really not another word to describe what happened throughout the situation besides heartbreaking. I mean, I think everyone was feeling a little something because, like you said before, everyone likes the Foo Fighters. And mainly due to Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl, you know, exposing themselves to new music, you know, giving props to artists that aren't even close to rock and roll. I mean, you name it. I mean, I even saw a picture posted by Wolf, Wolfie Van Halen on his Instagram of him and Eddie and Taylor right in the middle uh, during, I think it was the 2012 tour, uh, the Wasting Light tour that they did. And it's just, it's so hard. I mean, I don't know how to explain what, what Wolfie was is going through right now. I mean, looking at that picture, seeing his dad standing right next to Taylor Hawkins, standing right next to him. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really unbelievable. I agree with that. Um, I know Wolfie played my hero um, last night live as a dedication to Taylor, but um, you know, he's always mentioned Foo Fighters as a, huge influence when he when he was talking about the new album he mentioned that the influences of foo along with some other bands too as well was very heavily influenced um with the songs on the record it it is yeah and um their, if you look if you take a closer look at their music and influences you can really see the obviously the punk and heavy side on dave 
Sproles part. But through Taylor Hawkins, it's really uh, like a groovy, you know, type of music you can really dance to that he, the, in, the inspiration he brought to the Foo Fighters was really just, you know, groovy. And like I said, you can dance to it. And that kind of combined and, you know, created this, this masterpiece of the Foo Fighters. And not only that, but they changed that song. They changed that, uh, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? They changed that, they changed their sound after every album and they, you know, they excelled through it which I thought was amazing. And we're probably never going to see an act like that ever again, come around. I mean, it's hard to say if Foo Fighters will continue personally. I don't think they will. I think Dave Grohl's done with music, but don't, don't put my word on it and still come out and do a solo career, but I don't see them. I don't see the Foo Fighters continuing without Taylor Hawkins. It's just, I can't think of another drummer in Foo Fighters. Can you? Not right now. Not right now. I, I, I've had a, I've had trouble kind of thinking about that. You know, uh, obviously you kind of want to stay present and think about Taylor's family and his bandmates and his friends and his best friend, Dave Grohl. I mean, to lose Kurt Cobain when he was in Nirvana and now to lose Taylor in Foo Fighters. I can't imagine, you know, what he's been through. Um, the only, the only thing that I can, I can see happening right now is Dave being behind the kit and just Dave singing and playing drums. Um, but again, we, you know, we might be getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves um, on that. Who knows what's going to happen? Obviously, things are, are in limbo. But um, I know Taylor would want them to continue. I have, I have a strong feeling Taylor would want them to to keep going. In, in what way, we, we don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know of another drummer who can be as dynamic as Taylor. I don't know if he, a drummer needs to be as dynamic as Taylor with with. With his personality, I mean, you don't want to get a clone, obviously. You don't want to get someone who tries to be Taylor. Uh, Taylor was just himself. Taylor was who he was. Uh, and that's what made it so genuine and so unique because that's that's the person he was. So if they do continue, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I've had trouble thinking about that. Like I said, I, could Dave get behind the kit and sing? Other drummers have done it. Uh, it's not easy to do. It's difficult, but if anyone can do it, I think, I think it's Dave. Uh, maybe that's the way they continue uh, because putting someone behind the kit for Foo Fighters, that's, um, that's going to be tough. Those are, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, but personally, the tragedy throughout Dave's life, I mean, I just see it. I, I can't see them continuing on without Taylor Hawkins, or at least maybe even taking a break. But, you know, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. We're kind of thinking about the music when we should be thinking about Taylor and all the memories he made and, you know, all the inspiration. But, um, yeah, seeing Dave Grohl behind the drums for Foo Fighters would be something special to see because we don't really get to see that. 
So I do agree with you there. That would be something special. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see in time. We will see. I think, like you said, um, I think things will be shut down for a while for the, uh, at least the immediate future. And I mean, they just, they just made, uh, they just released an album too. The day Taylor died. And they did that studio six, six, six thing with, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw that trailer they were doing for that album. Oh, the trailer, yeah. Supposed to be like, yeah, that was released the same day Taylor Hawkins passed away. So, I mean, just releasing that album and, you know, the one Medicine at Midnight a few months earlier, it's, just so, it's still so hard to believe that he just passed away after those albums they just released. I mean... Like God, like I, I didn't even think that Taylor was gonna pass away when I was listening to Medicine at Midnight, but here we are. That's so. the tragic thing about death. It could be gone in a moment's without a moment's notice. It can be gone. You don't even see it coming. That's the tragedy of loss sometimes. Uh, that's why emotions are are tough to define because when you're close to someone that that happens, I'm sure. His family, I'm sure Dave, I'm sure his bandmates are going through this. You have so much love for a person. And then when they're gone like that, like Taylor, unexpectedly, there's nowhere for that love to go anymore. And that's such a difficult thing to to overcome for people. And time is usually the best medicine because... uh, you learn how to love that person when they're not there anymore, because you know, when, when you are loving a person, they're present and they're physically there, it's easy to do. Right. Um, but it's difficult. It's a challenge for people that are close to him right now. It's a challenge to his fans. I mean, we love Taylor. We didn't even know him. Uh, you know, when you, when, when I think of Taylor Hawkins, for me, there's a connection with you because we, you know, the Sonic Highways, which is, my, you know, I, you know, is my favorite album by them because of that, because of that connection, because of watching all that stuff. And because even though he wasn't physically present in our lives, he was still a part of that. He became someone that you knew, someone that you loved listening to and, you know, watching him perform. And we're not going to have that anymore. And that's a tough, a tough thing to deal with for a lot of his fans, definitely his family and and friends. And uh, like I said, time is always the best medicine when you're dealing with loss. Yeah. Like you said before, um, you know, it's going to be hard not to see him play live again and do all those tours that he did. I, I don't know if you remember, but, I think they played at Wembley Stadium and they covered rock and roll. And Dave Grohl was behind the drums and Taylor Hawkins was actually singing because his voice range was able to go high like Robert Plant. And that was such a surreal moment because, you know, Foo Fighters was connecting everyone. Because, you know, like not only do the Foo Fighters connect everyone through their music, Led Zeppelin does also. And most Foo Fighters fans are obviously Led Zeppelin fans. And by doing that song, you know, that was really special. And, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of defines rock and roll as a whole. 
that song by Led Zeppelin. And, you know, now, now thinking about that Taylor's not there anymore. And, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm just at a loss of words. I mean, I, I only didn't look up to him as a role model and as an idol, but I also looked up to him as, you know, a person and how to be a good person, how to be nice and how to be funny. You know, when times aren't going your way, you know, you still got to look up to the positive things and, you know, Taylor always had a smile on his face, no matter what the condition was, you know, it was a cold day in the sun. Taylor still had his smile on and he was still getting up and he, you know, he made everyone happier by his presence, which is, which is really special. And now, now he's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Zeppelin performance was a, a, a big deal. Uh, obviously John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page joined them on stage, which was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to know or to continue to know that Taylor Hawkins is no longer with us, no longer going to be able to make music and perform for us. And, you know, I, I have a feeling, however, Foo Fighters continues, whether they do or not, Dave will make the right choice. Um, I think he will search his soul to, to know what the right path forward will be. And we will have to accept it no matter what it is, whether it's a new drummer, whether it's him playing drums or whether them not continuing. Uh, never thought we'd be here with that, with the Foo Fighters, with that band. But here we are um due to the loss of Taylor yeah it's such a it's such a hard concept to think about because you know Foo Fighters is you know in terms of age they're really young and you know they still have you know a lot a lot of years ahead of them and you know that was really unexpected that a young rock star like Taylor just passes away like that and you know I, I mean it's the brutal truth that you'd expect someone older to pass away that's why it was such a like a a wrench in your stomach and such a heartbreak because it was someone as fit and as able and as healthy as Taylor Hawkins passing away. I think that's why uh, it was so shocking because, you know, that, that basically proves that anyone can pass away at any time, no matter what. Indeed. Indeed. And I think we will, we'll close there with those words and uh, hopefully people listening. Um, found some comfort in us doing this, remembering Taylor Hawkins and just talking about his role in the Foo Fighters, his legacy, who he was. And as we, as his fans move forward and continue to heal, let the power, the healing power of music and his music, you know, guide the way. I always say whenever a musician passes away, and moves on to the other side, we do have the gift of his music to allow us to heal and to help us heal. And I know I've been listening to his music and the Foo Fighters music the last couple of days, and it certainly has helped me. And uh, if there's any um, advice I can give is for people to continue to do that. And uh, thank you, Chris, for, for doing this. I appreciate it. And uh, I know mm-hmm. you had a lot to say and a lot of thoughts on it. And I know this has been tough for you, especially, you know, 
having him be part of one of the first bands that you discovered as a young kid. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you do, uh, you do bring up a great point on that because without the Foo Fighters, I don't think that we'd even be here right now, to be honest. And cause Foo Fighters basically started it all for me and they were the biggest in- in- inspiration by far throughout my life. And, you know, that's all due to, uh, Taylor and Dave, you know, they got me into music. I probably wouldn't even be playing guitar right now if it weren't for the Foo Fighters. So, you know, Taylor Hawkins legacy is just going to have to live on through, you know, kids like me that picked up the guitar while listening to Foo Fighters really young. So that's the most important thing. Indeed. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, um, Hope everybody is taking care of each other through this and uh, healing. And just please continue to heal. This is Jay Scott. That's my son, Chris, at the Youth Rocks. Take care of each other, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. One of these days, the ground will drop out from achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. 
I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.